Lord, your word tells us that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In this lifetime, Lord, we want to have that security of having the word, the word of God, and the God of the word guide us. And this morning, Lord, we are ready to receive from you. I pray your anointing be upon Pastor Lord Chi Ming as he shares his heart on securing a lifeline. And I pray to each one of us, God, our cry to you is to reveal yourself more to us, to touch areas of our lives that needs change, that needs you to be in the center of it all. And God, in doing so, we will have great joy. This is our prayer, Lord. This moment is yours. Be it unto us according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. I hope you are enjoying this series, Fruits and Wings. Uh, this is part two. Part one, we have it at the end of last year. And this year, we are doing it again uh, on the part two. And I especially enjoy the Monday to Friday. If you are following this series, um, if you are not following this series, I also encourage you to, to ask the church office and then buy a copy the Monday to Friday, each day we have a passage for you to meditate and a few thought-provoking questions. And some of these passages, they are nothing to those of us who have been a Christian for some time. It is not anything new. Uh, some of these are a refresher. But as I meditate on those passages, assuming myself this is the first time or reviewing again, I found good insight. I found... Um, retuning, realignment of my, my priorities and a great refreshment. And I hope that you are experiencing the same thing as I do. And for some of us, this is new. You are new in the faith and this is something that is challenging, something that is exciting. But for most of us, some of us uh, have been a Christian for some time and you find that, hey, this is nothing new under the sun. I've heard this many years ago. Uh, but I hope that as we meditate upon the Word of God this morning and subsequent days. Ask the Lord, Lord, give me that, uh, that, that, uh, that freshness again, as if that I'm reading this passage from a new perspective. I'm sure you are familiar that someone, uh, the Bible mentions about our Christian walk, it's, our Christian life is like a race, it's a marathon race, where at first a person gets excited to start the race, begin the race because they have an end in mind. And to the race, you get tired. But there is, if you, those of you who are involved in the marathon or those of us who watch marathon, you know that there are certain waypoints where they will provide refreshments, provide waters, provide some snacks to you refresh you and then you can continue. But there are moments where you feel like giving up or feel like you cannot win it or feel like, hey, what's the point? And... And there are moments like this. I remember hearing uh, from Roy and Lissel about how recently they have a holiday. Uh, they went for a long walk, a long trekking. And there were moments where you ask yourself, why am I doing this under the rain? Why are we doing all this thing? But at the end of the journey, when they accomplish it, they found it is all worthwhile. In the same way also with our Christian life, same thing. We have talked about 
living and have uh, having and living by biblical values, focusing on ourselves, focusing our folk, uh, on eternal values, on heavenward, living for what matters. And then we are excited. Some of us are excited. Some of us have tried it before. And then some of us may say that, hey, that's uh, what's new. It reminds you of the younger days where you were excited for the Lord. But then spiritual lethargy sets in. Spiritual lethargy sets in. It zaps away your enthusiasm, zaps away your zest, your life. And then Christianity, the Christian world become a bit mundane. And then you go back to the same predictable, predictable pattern again. You get the blah and then you lower expectations and you just go through the motions. And some of us, maybe today, are in this predicament. So am I in the past or different parts of my journey in my walk with the Lord where coming to church, being a Christian, going through this thing become a, a religious routine. Once in a while we give, once in a while we participate in this. But deep inside, we don't like this feeling. We know that this is, I'm just going through the motion. There's something more to this. Why? I don't like this going through the obligations, going through the routine, going through it, doing do it because of the family, because there's no other alternatives, because there's guilt. You have lost a spark, but you wish that how there is that spark again. There is the refueling. There is the refreshments that can keep us going, that Christian life can be as exciting as what we have started before. And to this morning, I want to just ask us to evaluate if you're in these particular situations, or one day maybe you find yourself in these situations, ask yourself, what drain away that spark? What drain away that passion, that energy, that power for us in our Christian walk? Could it be because of exhaustions? You are drained by exhaustions because of the busyness in life or business in ministry. There's so much to do, so stressful, the packed schedule, so many commitments. You are drained out. Some of us, maybe you are disillusioned. You started off with great hope. God, you gave me these promises. And then you see the promises does not come through. The hope would dash here and there. Some of us may be disappointed with God. How, Lord, why are there trials in my life? Why is such, why is such difficult? Or even with the people of God, you come and serve, you thought that uh, the church is a great place to serve. All the nice people here. <laughs> but then reality sets in that, hey, we are all still sinners, and then you are disappointed, and you get critical. Or some of us are discouraged because lack of fruits. Progress. And then you say that, okay, let's have lower expectations. Let there be just this way. And if this, what is happening in your life, ask yourself again, what's, what's sapping away your energy? How, why am I lethargic? How can I get that fresh power, empowerment? And that's what today I'm going to talk about. Securing, uh, securing the lifeline. The lifeline in terms of various waypoints in our life where God wants to energize us, God wants to empower us, God wants to bless us. And I hope that I can share with you shortcuts, quick fix, because I like quick fix, I like shortcuts. Unfortunately, don't have. I tried many, don't have. Sometimes I go for conferences and I get it myself. Or sometimes I come forward, ask the person to pray for me. Hopefully there will be a zap from heaven. 
I will feel with that power again. I go for this camp, I go for that camp. Yes, sometimes we may feel high, then we go back and then, hmm, puncture again. Oh, the puncture. And sometimes we hope that, hey, maybe I just talk to so and so, this spiritual giant. I'll be refreshed. Yes, it helps you again. But then, hmm, come back. I hope there was quick step. But, I'm sorry, don't have. Because our Christian walk is about a relationship. It's about a relationship. And relationship takes time. And it's, it takes time. It's a process. And I hope that you enjoy this process. And as we go, just like in our marriage relationship, there will be moments, there will be honeymoon period, and there will be plowing periods. But as we spend time, as we progress in our relationship, it gets sweeter and sweeter. And it's a continuous thing. And it's the long haul. And as I look at scriptures, how God empowers His people, how God helps these people to maintain their zeal, their zealousness, I begin to glean some examples, some principles that I believe can help us in our journey. There's no secret formula. Today, I'll just share with you some gentle reminder again about biblical principles that can guide us to receive regular empowerment from the Lord to continue this journey. And not just continue, but to enjoy this journey. And the best part of this, in a marathon, everybody runs their own race. But in our Christian race, yes, we run our own race, but we have the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and the Heavenly Father running with us. That's the difference. God is cheering us, and the cloud of witnesses who have run before us cheering us. And that is a very exciting Again, it is that relationship running with us. And I want to share with you three things that can help to refresh you, help to renew and restore you. First of all, it's about being renewed by the Spirit of God. God do not want us to run this race alone. He has given us the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Those of us who have responded to God Ask the Lord to come into your life. He has come to him. This Christian walk is impossible to do it alone. No human effort, no human willpower can enable us. But he promised to walk with us through the Holy Spirit. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ, before he ascended to heaven, he asked the disciples, wait. Wait for what? Wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. To what? To empower you. To fill you to fill you. Why? Because we need Him all the time. Okay, I saw a notice there. Uh, owner of SGE 9452K, uh, please move the car. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Come back to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ reminded us about the role of the Holy Spirit. Again, Jesus is a reminder for those of us who have, who have read about Him. He gave us life. That is the new birth life. He promised to always be present with the believers. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes I forget that. The Holy Spirit, right now, He's, He's within you. He's bes beside you. And He's called the counselor, one who comes alongside the encourager. He's called the spirit of truth the revealer of truth, teachers of truth, reminder of truth about who God is. He gives us power for service. He intercedes for us right now. 
He guides us, and deep in our hearts, He assures us, "I belong to God. I am a child of God. My Father, Heavenly Father, loves me. He sanctifies me." That's the role of the Holy Spirit, and He wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. That is why Apostle Paul gave us a command, a familiar command in Ephesians chapter five, verse eight. Uh, chapter five, verse eighteen. Let me just read to you verse eighteen to nineteen. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery or dissipations. But instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking or speak to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing, and make music in your hearts to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Paul gave us a command. Some, in other words, it's something that we need to act. We need to do. Yes, God is with us, Holy Spirit within us, but we need to do something. Command us to be filled, to make ourselves available, to let the Holy Spirit fill us. And this is a present imperative verb. In other words, to be translated as "be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit." It is a continuous process. I don't know about you. Sometimes I forget to do that. If it's a continuous, then I want the Holy Spirit to fill me all the time. And sometimes, only when we are in difficulty, we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. But we can ask Him to fill us all the time, every morning. Wake up to do that because this is something that God wants us to do continuously. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? He used the analogy of being drunk with wine. As a contrast, at the same time, to help us to understand the meaning of being filled, the contrast is that do not be controlled, do not be controlled with something that will make you lose control, debauchery, something that is not right, something that if you're continuously doing, it is make you get worse and worse situations. That is just like a person that is drunk. But the picture here is talking about control. Yield yourself, control. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let the Holy Spirit control you. And this is the relationship. The Holy Spirit don't want to force His way, but He wants us to yield ourselves to His control. And what's the result? The result is mentioned there in verse 19 to 20. Renew worship and thanksgiving. At the same time, renew relationship with others. Speaking to one another with psalms, with hymns, there will be a joy within. Making music in our hearts, giving thanks to the Lord. At the same time, submitting to one another out of reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ. Renewed worship and thanksgiving, renewed relationship, especially those in authority over us. And also later on, in other passages of the Bible, when you're once filled with Holy Spirit, there is an increase in sanctification, being more and more holy. And that's what God wants us to do. Want us to feel as God feels, desire as God desire, doing what He wants us to do, speaking with His power, praying and ministering with His strength, and then to do what He wants us to to do. But first of all, we need to yield ourselves to Him. To the spirit control and ask God, I surrender to you. You fill me. You control me, and you direct my path. 
And that comes the empowerment. The empowerment. But sometimes, I don't know about you, I ask, Lord, can the empowerment, there are two types of empowerment. If you, 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 if you have, a, let's say you have a torch light, it runs out of battery. You change a brand new battery. Before that, the torch light is very dim. When you change the brand new battery, suddenly it becomes very bright. That's an instant empowerment. But sometimes the empowerment comes like you're charging a battery. Correct? It's, it's slowly. And many of us, we come to God and say, instant power. I pray and pray away. Straight away, I go out. Boom. Yes, the Bible do mentions about situations like that in the Old Testament and some occasions in the New Testament. But many times in our own experience, as we look at the Word of God, it is a slow, gradual empowerment God has for us. Slow, because it's also slow and gradual yield, yielding to the Lord. And that's what God wants us to do. God invites us to do that. How to do that? How can one be filled with the Spirit? If you look at the Bible, there are times where there are people of God praying for one another to be filled, but most of the time, it is individually you come before the Lord. Again, the meaning of filled is yielding the control. So there must be a desire to yield that control. Desire to say, God, I cannot do it. Holy Spirit, I need you. Desire to yield that control to the Lord. So first it's a desire to say, I surrender. And then because He is the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, therefore they need to come to the Lord to come confess our sins. And say, God, what are the areas that are not right with you? I confess it and I claim the forgiveness of God. Before this, I also want to mention, if you look at Ephesians, Paul does not mention how. To be few. He just command, be few. How? He didn't mention. It is implied there. And a lot of this implication comes from our understanding of the Holy Spirit as well as the example of the Word of God. And as I mentioned earlier, to be few is to yield. So there was the desire. Because the Holy Spirit there, there must be cleansing. So we come before the Lord, confessing our sins. Let Him um, claim the forgiveness of God. Let Him forgive us. And then there is an act of surrender. God, I yield to you. You take over. Take over this. And then you receive God's feeling empowerment by faith. By faith. Believing that because He commands us, He is going to fill us. And then you move with expectations that He is going to fill us. He is going to guide us. There are many times in my life where I need to talk to somebody or I need to do certain work I feel very tired. Well, I need to preach. I feel very tired. I feel no inspirations. But as I spend time with the Lord, asking Him to fill me, praying, first I desire, second I confess, third I yield, and then I receive by faith. And finally, I just move on with the expectations. I don't feel straight away energized. The desire don't come straight away. But as I, as I continue to move, to do what the Holy Spirit direct me, the right thing to do, I feel His power gradually come. And I see results later on. Later on. Same thing also today. If today you come to this church, you come today, you feel that something is lacking. I, am, I don't think I'm in control. I don't think I, the Holy Spirit is in control of my life. I don't think I'm filled with the Spirit. Ask the Lord. Later at the end, 
I encourage us to, to you, even right now, yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit come and fill you and empower you. Because we cannot do this alone. He is right there, waiting to empower you. That's, so that's the first thing. God wants us to renew, the renewal by the Holy Spirit to empowerment. Secondly, it comes from restorations by time with God. Again, no secret formula. Again, it's not about anything new. Yesterday's spiritual passions cannot be today's inner energy. Each day needs to be refreshed. Again, it's about a relationship. Yes, we can build on it, but we still need to regularly to be refreshed because passions and energy dissipate quickly. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, He being the Son of God, regularly need to spend time with His Father to be refreshed because it's a relationship. He wants to enjoy. Let me just refer to a passage in the Bible in Mark chapter 1. Verse 32 to 37. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus had a very busy day. He needed, needed to be refreshed. First, he slept. Then, early in the morning, he wanted to spend time with the Lord to enjoy the relationship at the same time, to gain the refreshment, the restorations, by setting aside time and space to be with His Father. He set aside that time. Not that there was no work to be done. In fact, there was a lot of work to be done as mentioned there. Everyone is looking for you. There's work to be done. But Jesus felt that there are some other priorities. He wants to be restored. And this relationship with the Lord. And he set aside two things. First, he go to a solitary place. There was a safe place, a space, physical space. Then there was a, a time where he set aside to be with his father, to be with his father. Same thing also happened with the disciples. In Mark chapter 6, he's, he taught the disciples and now for on-the-job training, he sent them out for training two by two to do ministry. They went out for their first mission trip. They do a lot of teaching, healing, deliverance. And then when they came back, the apostles gathered around Jesus. Verse 30, reported to him all that they have done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourself, by yourself to a quiet place to get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. There, not just for physical rest, but also for a debrief, for the time to be refreshed, to be restored by being with the Lord Jesus Christ. And they went there. 
Jesus created the space for them, got them a way to a quiet place to be rested. Restoration comes from rest and time with God. Therefore, we need to create that space, just like Jesus Christ. What is a space? A space for time to think, time to reflect, time to meditate on the Word of God about life, the physical space where you not be distracted, the mental space where you can think, the emotional space where you can feel, God, why am I feeling this way? And then the spiritual space where you can be connected with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at Psalms 23, all of us are familiar with that. The Lord is my shepherd. That is all I need. And then what does it say? He leads me beside quiet water. Correct? The green pastures, and there He restores my soul. He leads us. The Lord Jesus Christ, He's running the race with us. He's ever ready when we need it or constantly to restore our soul. Ever ready to lead us to green pastures. Ever ready to lead us to beside quiet water. The question now for us is that when Jesus initiates, do we open up that space in our hearts, in our calendar, in our schedule for Him to give that restorations? Many a times, there was no space. If you are following the guide uh, in this roots and wing, last week we meditated on the story of Mary and Martha. Correct? where the Lord Jesus Christ came to the house of these two sisters. Jesus was making himself available to restore, to teach, to be with them. But one was available, the other one was distracted. Martha was distracted because she was busy serving the Lord, serving the people. Mary, she opened her heart, created the space and enjoyed and the Lord affirmed her. And there's seasons in our life, each day, each month, each year, where God wants to restore our soul. The question for us is that, are we opening up that space? As I reflect upon my life, there are many seasons, there are many times where I felt that it was spiritually dry, the motivation ran low, and then it was difficult times. And as I evaluate what happened, it was a very subtle thing. First, a lot of time, it always starts with my time with the Lord. I begin to too busy. First, I take away five minutes, then ten minutes, then I begin to read newspaper, and then it gets longer and longer, and then it got crowded out. Though I did spend time, but it was just a very rush, and sometimes, oh, too busy, got a lot of excuses, and I crowd myself out of it. And after a while, slowly but surely, I drain myself dry. And I lost it. And today, same thing. The Lord, He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I want to knock. I want to come into your life, to dine with you, to eat with you and you with me, to restore the energy. The question is, do we open up that space for Him so that He can restore us? He can restore us. He wants to bless us. Every year, I will organize part of the 
together with the committee, organized the men's weekend. And we are now into the fourth or fifth year. I've forgotten. Maybe fifth year already. Some, same also, there were a group of committed women organized the women's weekend for men and women to get away from, uh, from their family, from their work responsibility, together with other sisters or the brothers to spend time with God. But once in a while we hear comments like, you want to go? Uh, no, la. why? I'm not that type. La. Okay. okay. I'm not that type. Oh, I'm not so spiritual enough. La. I'm not the spiritual type. So I begin to get, get a bit curious. What do people mean? I'm not that type. Not that type, okay? Um, what do you mean by that? I'm not that type? Uh, is it that you feel that you... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying... I'm not here to say that you... The only way to get spiritually restored is to attend the men's weekend or women's weekend. But I just want to evaluate this particular term when people say, what's the assumption behind this word? I'm not that type. Is it because that you have settled that Maybe this spirituality is for some people. For me, I'm settling for this level. And I'm not so that type who will give time. I'm just this type, this lower type. And okay, la, I can make do. La. But is that what the Lord wants it for you? He wants more. He wants more. You don't have to settle with this. Some of you have your individual way. Go ahead. Some of you prefer to do it alone. Go ahead. Some people want to do it in a bigger group. But don't miss out on that space that you can create for yourself for God to reveal Himself to you. And it's so rich. At the end of each year, I will enjoy this extended time with the Lord as I reflect the year and I always come out of it refreshed, restored. I'll spend the whole day with the Lord and then uh, this year, I decided that no, 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 I cannot just do it once, once every year with the extended time. Actually, I can do it regularly. So uh, this year, I decided to do it once a month. And I know of a brother who do that. Once a month, he will just put in his calendar, uh, tell his colleagues that this, this day, this month, I block off, I'm taking leave. 12, 12 days in a year. Why? The day to be restored. He creates space in his schedule to be restored by the Lord, to get the power, to get the perspective. And I'm, I'm willing to do that. I don't do that one year, uh, one whole day, but extended time each day of the month for me to, to spend time to create that space. And I encourage you, if you are dry, if your Christian life has become monotonous, no matter how young or how old you are, if you don't create that space, even though the Lord loves you, the Lord cares for you, it's very hard to pour into that. Just like Martha, you keep on working, working, there's no heart. And God is inviting you this morning. Create that space. I love you. I care for you. I want to restore. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He wants us to yield to Him. He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the same time, He, have cr- he wants to restore your soul. But we need to create that space. And it's restored through the time we're alone with God. So the first thing, renewal by the Holy Spirit. Second, is that restoration by setting aside time with God. And thirdly, refreshments by spiritual friends, spiritual communities. 
Christian life is, life is not just about me and my God. It's we and our God. We run this race together. It is not just an individual race. It is a group race. We need one another. We need one another. And there's an example here um, in Exodus chapter 17. If you turn the Bible to Exodus 17, Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt. They have crossed the Red Sea. And they faced the first crisis after the Red Sea. There was a group of the enemy called the Amalekites. They refused to let the Israelites pass. And then there was an inevitable battle. So at Exodus 17, there was a battle between the Israelites and the Amalekites. And verse 10, Joshua was leading that battle. Moses ordered Joshua. But then Moses, together with Aaron and her, went up to the top of the mountain. And in verse 11, as long as Moses held up his hands as a symbol of prayer, the Israelites were winning down there. So the battle was fought at the valley. The battle was fought. Spiritual battle was fought on top of the mountain where Moses was pleading. When he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When he lifted up his hands, the Israelites were winning. In verse 12, Moses' hand grew tired. They took a stone and put it under him. He sat on it. And then Aaron and Hur held up his hands up one on each side, one on the other, so that his hand remained steady until sunset. And then Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. Here you see a, a very beautiful picture about teamwork, that we need one another. Strange circumstances, uncommon strategy. But the underlying message from this passage is that a man was surrounded with what I call special friends. Together they accomplished what no one of them could have done it alone. Aaron and her, special friends of Moses, who on each side holding Moses' arms heavenward so that his hands remain steady. What weariness would have made it impossible if Moses had insisted on performing it alone? The help of special friends make it triumphant. Special friends are people who are committed to help one another discover and maintain the spiritual passions. Each member of the team of special friends rejoices when another succeeds. Each weeps when another falls. That's a picture of the Old Testament special friend. Even the great spiritual giant Moses, he needs that special friends. Aaron and her. What about the New Testament? The great Apostle Paul. The great Apostle Paul. One that is close to, to the Lord. He also needs friends. Let me just read to you some examples. He also needs the refreshments of friends. Onesiphorus. May the Lord show mercy to the household of, household of Onesiphorus because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. In his journey, 
he have Onesiphorus to refresh him. And in Philemon, he also in his Philemon, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Refreshed the heart of the saints. And then Titus. When we arrived in Macedonia, there were no rest for us. Outside, trouble was on every hand and all around us. Our hearts are full of dread and fear. But God cheers those who are discouraged. Refresh us by the arrival of Titus. Titus. These are Paul's special friends. Onesiphorus, Philemon, Titus, and I believe also Luke, Barnabas, into the picture. He has a group of special friends. If you look at your handphone, okay, nowadays your, your address book is all in the handphone, right? Or your email address book. Can you identify special friends like this? People who will share your passions, people who will ignite your passions, people who will inspire you to continue this journey. Um, it is not easy. I was reading somewhere, particularly for men uh, in the middle age onwards, sometimes they lost touch of these special friends. Those who have, God bless you. Those who do not have, it might be difficult, but it is not impossible. Same also for ladies. We need these people. And those of us who are younger, treasure your friendship, spiritual friends. They, some of you, pastor mentioned about the need to be involved in cell group, the care group, because these are opportunities for you to make special friends. Even those who are in cell group does not guarantee you have special friends. You still need to make time, make effort, make space for that to happen. If not, you're alone. If you're married, thank God, at least you got your spouse. But if your spouse is not here, then you're probably learning alone. And I encourage you, please, create space, create time to make these special friends and then maintain that contact to run together, to run together. Need not to be from this church. Some of us could be in your workplace. Some of us could be your old friends. Some of us could be from other churches or, or ministry organizations, parachurch organizations they're involved in. We need them. They need us. I'm privileged to have a group of special friends in our midst um, where we meet regularly. We meet once a month. It takes time. It takes effort. But I'm so thankful. I've been praying for a while. And finally, after many years, God brought a group of men in my life that can speak into me, that can encourage me. And I hope that you too can do that. One or two or individual uh, or several others. People that who believe in you. People who will affirm you. People who will pray with you and for you. So how to gain power for ministry constantly, regularly, here and there? First, God has promised us the Holy Spirit to renew you constantly, but you need to yield yourself constantly each day. Secondly, God provided that fellowship opportunities, but you need to create that space. And thirdly, God provides you friends, spiritual friends. You may not have 
any at the moment, but you can pray towards it. And I believe as you pray, God is going to provide, but you need to create that space for that to happen. And I hope that as you maintain this, God is going to journey with you with all these waypoints of refreshments to guide you, that you need, to, need not to settle for that mediocre Christian life, but there's more to it. It's not just for that type. It's not just for that spiritual type. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. I'd like to invite the musicians to come forward. We're going to sing the song we have sung just now, Empower Me. And as we sing the song, I hope that individually you come before the Lord and say, God, if you need that power, empower me. It's the time for you to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. To fill you. Yield it to Him. To fill you. Shall we just rise? Before we sing, I'd like to give you time. Where you are, just take some time where you are just to commune with the Lord. Give you opportunity to create that space between you and the Lord to commune with Him and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you right now, to empower you. Say, God, I cannot do it alone. Oh God, my life is not right. I come to make it right with you. I received your forgiveness and I received your power by faith. the Lord, I don't want to have that mundane feeling, the routine. If you are skeptical about, will this work? It is time just to say, Lord, I want to believe in you again. There's more to my walk with the Lord than what I'm experiencing now. to sing this song. At the same time, I leave the altar open. If any of you would like us as leaders to pray with you for the Lord to empower you, for the Lord to fill you with the Spirit, for refreshment, for restoration, I invite you to come forward and we will pray. Sing this song.
people to pray for you. Please come forward as we sing the next answer. beside you just to pray for one another shall we just to pray with one another then I will close in prayer just a person beside you and just to pray for each other for the Lord's empowerment through the spirit through the time spent with him do not know each other you can just pray
Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you say that you, you come that we might have life and might have it abundantly. We thank you for this abundant life that God, you want us to have. And you have provided us with the provisions to constantly empowering us through your spirit that is living within us. Through the relationship that God, you offer to us as well as through the brothers and sisters, the Christian community. And we thank you for that. Father, I want to just pray for today, for some of us who are running this race, that get a bit mundane or, or routine or tired or drained out, I pray that today let there be a refreshment, Father. Refreshment that come from on high, from your Spirit that promised to us, that you commanded us. Therefore, fill us, Lord. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let the power come. Let the energy come. Let the passion come. Let the desire come. Let the motivations come that God, we want to live for you, to focus on you. And I pray that God, we will create space for that, that sweet communion, just to be with you, just to enjoy you. And I pray that God, you'll bless us. Thank you for brothers and sisters. Some of us do not have that, Father. We yearn for that. I pray that you'll bring in these people into our lives. And when they come, we will make effort to connect so that God, we run this race together. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.